created for so much more. You were created because God did something perfect in you. When he formed you in your mother's womb, he created perfection. He did something so amazing. And you were entered into an imperfect world. And everything was thrown at you. All the, the situations that bring you down were thrown at you. The desire to sin was thrown at you. The desire to disobey was thrown at you. It grew up in your heart. But God did something so crazy, so wonderful, so amazing. He gave up his one and only son. He said, son, you got to go. I want you to stay, but you got to go. And he entered this earth to live a perfect, blameless life. The thing we can't achieve, he did for us. He went on the cross so you don't have to hold on to your situation any longer. He went on to the cross so you don't have to fall to your sin and your disobedience any longer because he, he called you out and he said, you are mine. He called you his own. He says, daughter and son, you belong to something greater. You belong to something bigger. You belong to something overflowing with righteousness. You belong to wholeness. There's nothing perfect in me, but there's one perfect thing that I allowed in. His name is Jesus. He came to destroy all my situations. And now I don't live in victimhood. I live a conqueror lifestyle. My situation before me has no grab on me because God already took it away from me. He's done something new this morning in some people. You need to hear that the Lord's got you. The Lord knew you. He knew your situation before it happened. That's why he sent Jesus. Because he said, hey, I want to grab you. I want to hold on to you. I want to take you in because you are mine. I want to embrace you. Will you embrace me? Will you embrace me back? I'm going to pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are the conqueror. And you've adopted me into that family. My name is Ben the conqueror. I am the conqueror of everything placed in front of me. My own sin, Lord, I can conquer it because you died on the cross to kill the temptation, to kill the sin, and allow me into your family. You're the reason I live today. You're the reason I stand today. You're the reason I breathe today. It is your breath I breathe out. So Lord, I pray that your words would come in and they would be spoken out this morning. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Keep on doing it. Keep on bringing your word. Keep on bringing your truth. And let your word ring true this morning. Help us capture it. Help us become bold with it. Help us become strong with it. Help us stand firm on your firm foundation. Because Lord, I know this, that today is the foundation you're preparing for my tomorrow. Let me live that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, that was a setup. Okay, Lord, whatever you got. You guys, you guys know that you are created for perfection. We're getting it. I love that. I love that. I blame Jared. Yeah. He's doing it all. 
mind games. It's mind games. No, it's cool. Um, it's Halloween. It's a little spooky when lights change. You know, the Holy Ghost is here. No, but really, do you guys know that you were designed for perfection? You were not designed to live in a world that's full of uh, everything we see now. You weren't designed to live in a world of confusion and brokenness. You weren't designed to live anywhere but the garden. I want to just dig in right now to Romans 5. I'm excited about this. This is something I've, I've preached on this scripture before, um, but I really don't think I've preached anything this powerful. Uh, but this, what I say, what I read in this scripture doesn't give us ammo to point the finger. It gives us ammo to live a better life. It gives us ammo to, to encourage ourselves. How many of y'all have a hard time encouraging yourself? I'm going to raise my hand. We have to become people of encouragement. And sometimes when people aren't around, we've got to figure out how we can encourage ourselves to the next point. Because Jesus created something in you. And he's designing something about you. And he's giving you a calling on your life to live a certain way on behalf of who he is. And I believe that wholeheartedly. So let's dig in. Romans 5 uh, verse 12 says this. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet law to break. Can I put that in layman's terms? Okay, there was one rule in the garden. One rule. Adam and Eve had one thing. That was it. They had one responsibility. Well, okay, they had more responsibilities, but they had one thing not to do. And that was eat from a tree in the middle of the garden. It was called the tree of the knowledge of, fruit, of good and evil. And they ate a piece of fruit off that tree. And then their eyes were opened to see their own nakedness. That's all they had to do. Just stay away from that tree, Adam. Stay away from that tree, Eve. Just stay away from it. If you don't even go close to it, you won't even be tempted. How many of us can put our feet in Adam and Eve's shoes? That someone's told us if you just stay away from that, you won't even be tempted by it. If you stay away from the stove, you won't be tempted to put your hand on the hot stove. If you stay away from the fire, you won't be tempted to jump over the fire. I almost thought about it last night. It looked tempting. But what if I did and I caught flame? Someone said, if you would have caught fire, you wouldn't have even remembered to stop, drop, and roll. I'm like, I was, that has been drilled into my head. How can I forget? I'm a very, I'm, I'm not an anxious person by nature. I'm a very like, okay, what is the next step? Let's go through this in my head. It might take me five minutes, but let me go through it. It might take me five minutes to figure out I got to stop, drop, and roll. But I'm not going to fan the flame, you know? Like, how many times are we fanning the flame of hell in our life because we want to respond to all the negative stuff? You know, Adam sinned. He could have sat there and gone, God, I just sinned. I don't know what to do. And God gave him the direction. He goes, but Lord, I, I heard, disobeyed you. I can't go on. How many of us do that with our situations in life? 
we dwell in the situation rather than moving on. Rather realizing that we're naked in front of people, we stay there naked in front of people and we go, well, I should put some clothes on. It's common sense. Anxiety directs us away from the reality of what's going on around us. And God says, no, 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 I'm here to help you. It's okay. Anxiety's real. It's a real pain. But God has called us into a place where we can calm down and breathe. That's the one thing. When, when Lola gets on me, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it, some of you might have heard me say this to you. Just take a step back and breathe. Adam and Eve had to take a step back in that moment. They were losing everything in Genesis. Let's just take a step and breathe. He created them for perfection, and they chose sin. They chose something imperfect. And so I just have to tell you, we were not designed to die. You and I were designed to live in the garden forever. We were designed perfectly for the kingdom of God. I don't think you heard that. Each of us were designed perfectly for the kingdom of God. You want to know why Jesus had to come? Because you were designed because I was designed. And because Adam sinned in the past, I needed freedom. Because I, because of my ancestral being to Adam, I was going to sin. You were going to sin. It's something we deal with. Facts, right? Facts are facts. Y'all, not perfect. Okay? When I point at you, I have three fingers pointing back at myself because I know I'm king of imperfection. Because not who God created me to be, but who I've chosen to be. Who the world has chosen to throw at me. Throw at me. God is calling us to something greater. He's calling you to a greater life. A, a more purpose-filled life. How many of us have heard the Holy Spirit or, or felt a tug on the heart to go share the gospel with someone and we go, not today, Lord. Your greater calling is following the Holy Spirit. When you do that, there's this intimacy that grows with you and God, the Father, that you can't even make up. God is calling on us to be more obedient to his spirit and less obedient to our own evil desires, less obedient to our own heart, less obedient. If we're obedient to him, the desires of our heart will come true. But I guarantee if we're obedient to him, the desires of our hearts could change. Man, how many of us wish we were less uh, worldly, but we have worldly desires? C come on. Come on. Like, I, I would love to get a bicycle that's $8,000. The Lord's like, not today, Satan. I'm like, okay. But God is calling us to something new, something refreshing, something in him, not of this world. It's not my job to be a professional bike rider. I can't go to the Tour de France. God won't allow it. I can't go across the nation on a bike ride in a race and, and do it in 17 days. God won't allow it. He's put a purpose in my life that restricts me from doing some of the desires. I like go, man, that would be so cool. But it's not, my it's not for me. Okay, let it go, Ben. You know, frozen that. Some of y'all parents got that. Some of y'all took a second. God is trying to take us 
from this victim mentality. But Lord, why didn't you get, why didn't you buy me that bike? Why didn't you provide the money for that bicycle? Don't, Lord, don't you know how much I ride? One of my friends just marked 5,000 miles. I think I'll put the bike up this year. I'm like, 5,000? Where's that extra 1,000? You can get 1,000 miles in November. Come on. Some of y'all think I'm nuts. Check out my Facebook. And TikTok. TikTok. All I put on TikTok is cycling. But that's... That's our reality. God doesn't call us to our desires of this world. He calls us to his desires for his kingdom. It's his kingdom that matters. We just sang a song that says when, when, we invade, when, when ki- the kingdom invades us, when the kingdom meets this world, things happen. His presence is around us. This morning, God's presence has sat on this church building and has spoken and has broken some of us because he has a greater purpose and calling for us. My call is not to go to a bicycle shop and just spend time there. My call is if I go to a bike shop to spread his word there. It's not without purpose that I'm there. It's not without purpose that I go to Taco John's. It's not without purpose that I go to, where's a good place? Though? Jethro's. Mm, come on, Thursdays. Praise the Lord for half off boneless wings Thursday. Come on. It's not, a, there's not, this desire of me not to share the Lord. I met this guy. I love this guy. He's, he's like my favorite. Uh, sorry. Um, s- sorry, Tony. Um, he's my favorite Jethro's worker there. His name is Omar. Omar. I love that guy. I love that guy. He's, he's this shorter guy. Of course, I'm 6'5", so everybody's pretty much shorter. But he's this shorter guy, and he's just like this good guy. And I'm like, Omar, what's going on, man? They're like, oh, we see you again. And I'm like, yeah, man. Every Thursday, if I can, I want wings for days. I'm getting to that point of building a relationship with Omar where I can say, Omar, I have a question for you. And it's going to be the weirdest question somebody asks you today because it makes us all uncomfortable. Do you know Jesus? The fact that that becomes an uncomfortable question for everyone is a problem. Jesus called us into obedience. And here we are living the life of Adam and Eve, disobeying God every single day of our life. Can we admit that? And God calls us to wholeness. See, this morning, I'm not trying to focus on the the junk in our life. I'm not trying to focus on the broken in our life. I'm trying to direct us to the wholeness that God has for our life. Jesus, come into my life, live in my life. Tomorrow's going to be different, guys, I promise. Trust me, it's not. You're still going to face the same issues you woke up with today. You're still going to face the same struggles you have. You're still going to face the same uh, situations that we're here today. Unless God somehow supernaturally takes care of them, which he will. But most of the time he says, this is a process, let me show you. Because how many of us would love to have an instant wholeness in Christ, but if we look at our life, in a timeline view, we look at it and go, wow, there's a process here, process here, process here, process here. Lord, I've realized I'm a process person. I get it. I am a work in progress. I will always be a work in progress. And if he does anything that's just instantaneous, I claim it as a miracle and I thank the Lord for it, but I thank the Lord for the progress as well. I thank him for the process that I have to go through, the crap I have to live in. 
the things I do to myself and I have to get through. The debt I put myself in that I have to pay off. I thank the Lord for that because with every issue, with every situation, with every sin, there's a possibility I could learn something new. We need to have teachable learning spirits because the Lord wants to teach us something new. We have to get to wholeness, right? We're broken. We got to get to wholeness. We accept him. He is whole in us, but we have a lifelong journey of becoming whole ourselves in Christ. Faith without works is dead. How many of y'all have faith? How many of y'all show it this week? Yay! Half of us didn't answer either question. We're going, no, I'm not, I know where you're going. I, mm, nope, I got faith, leave me alone. If we don't show it, it's not alive. If we don't live it, it's not alive. But how many of us are willing to live a faith-filled life in our own lives to lift ourselves up? We will beat ourselves up so much faster than anyone else. Stop living in your brokenness. Give it to God. God can handle all our crap. He's a big God. He's got the whole world. I'm just kidding. But he does. Like God is doing something crazy in this world right now. Do you understand that there's been a recession of faith in America for a long time? And he's coming back full throttle. He's put the pedal down. He's moving forward. What are you going to do with that? What are you going to do when he comes and says, hey, I've chosen you? What are you going to do? Peter, Peter denies Christ three times. Peter denies Christ three times. He said, let's go. Let's go. Nah, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. No, I'm not. Let's go. Three times he denies him. Jesus comes back and says, hey, Peter, do you love me? Yeah. It took three times for Peter to say, yeah. And all of a sudden, he leads how many people to the Lord the first time he preaches? Like 3,000, 5,000, something like that. I'm just going to throw it out there. I don't remember. I need Google. Right? Yeah. Hey, Siri. But you get it. He leads 5,000 people, and they all sp start speaking in tongues. Do you, do you understand? It? Like, they all start speaking in tongues in the upper room, and they're speaking everybody else's language around them. But you have to understand how the Holy Spirit introduces tongues to us. He starts speaking in other people's language. He starts preaching the glory of God in other people's language. People are hearing about Jesus in other people's language. They're coming to know him. They're like, hey, how do you know my language? I don't. I don't. That's the Holy Spirit. He's telling you what you need to hear. The Holy Spirit came with tongues to reach the lost. You know, like, we have something more and greater in us. Are we living it? Are we allowing his words to flow from our mouth because he is in control? Are we still trying to take it? Lord, not today. I'm, I'm leaving fairway and not telling them about Jesus. Because I'm too nervous. I'm too anxious. I'm too this. You know, when he was sending Moses to go free the slaves? I don't have any of this in my notes. I'm not even halfway through. Um, when Moses was sent to go free the slaves out of Egypt, the Lord, he said, Lord, who should I say has sent me? And the Lord says, the great I am. I am anxious. Who are you denying in your life? I am nervous. 
I am hurt. I, I am has a situation. Would you stop taking credit for who he is and start giving it to him? I'm not anxious because, Lord, I live for you. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's because anxiety is real. It's hard because depression is real. It's hard because emotions are real. It's hard because living a life on this earth is very nerve-wracking. It's hard because a lot of things are confusing. But I am not confused anymore, Lord. I know you created me perfect. I know that I've been designed for a purpose. I know because I am rules my life. The great I am has come. Sin entered. The great I am showed up. He freed his people then. He'll do it again. He freed me when I was living a life of sin, and he designed me for a specific purpose. I hope you hate my messages. I hope you hate them because I hope you walk out of here with the Lord sitting on you and, and with things that I say that you disagree with because the world has told you one thing and you want to believe it and the Bible clearly states another and it hurts because we have to walk out angry. I hope you hate my sermons because it changes the way we think because it has to make us stop and go, wait, what is that? Because it's not right, and we're living it. I hope you hate my messages, but you want to come back because the people around you. I hope you, I hope you despise me because of my beliefs. If you come back, you're going to catch my belief in Jesus, and it's going to change your world. It's going to rock your world. It's going to flip you upside down. My wife used to sing this song to me, rock your world, turn you upside down. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I believe God wants to take your rubble in your life that we've created, that we've allowed in, and he's going to bring this bulldozer of love and just... But here's the thing. It's not just the rubble that's going to come. It's the roots that have grown up around that rubble that's just going to be torn out. Man. If you let go of all the negative crap in your life, the negative stuff in your life, if you send that to God, it will hurt. I dare you. I, I Sandlot, triple dog dare you. And now you got to do it. Right? God wants every single root of your life. He wants it. Because of this, Romans 5.14, still everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. They all died. Every one of them. Now Adam is a symbol of the representation of Christ who was yet to come. We can live in that moment. But Lord, I didn't do anything wrong. I'll tell you what, you're still going to die. Can I tell you about two deaths? Two types of deaths. You have a spiritual death and you have a physical death. None of us will escape the physical death. Can I explain why? Because there's a new earth and a new heaven and a new body for you. There's a new truth in heaven, and it's called your body. You won't. This body we have, how many of y'all think about spiritual death and we think, oh, man, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to look like this. I'm, I'm sweet. Or you think about when you were in your 20s. I was good looking in my 20s. I just didn't know how to dress. 
you know. It wasn't until I was like 26 when, my, when I met my wife, and she's like, oh, let me teach you. You're, you're, it is bad. It's bad. I was a nerd. I was a geek. Thank you. I like to disagree with the nerd thing. I like to think I'm a geek. I used to work for the Geek Squad. I got a badge and everything. Jared's seen it. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring it one of these weeks. You guys get it, though. It's like God has designed us for more. He's designed us. He, he's creating something for us in the future that we have an expectation to live for. He's ex- he wants us to live for more. He wants us to live a life that says, you know what, God, I know you created this. Have confidence in him. He created you a specific way. He created you a specific way. He designed you to be who you are. Now live it out loud for him. He's calling on us to say, hey, I need you, Lord. But more times than not, and Lola was sharing this the other day, more times than not, we cry out for each other quicker than we'll cry out for God. Adam, Adam and Eve cried out for each other, and look what happened. First person, they, first person Eve calls on, hey, hey, the serpent said this, let's do it, come on. And then they did it, and they realized they were naked, and then they go, what do we do? Sorry, that was really high pitch. I'm 13 all over again, you know? Like, but they literally hid from God because they had each other to lean on. We got to stop relying on each other and start relying more on God for our leaning. My situation is bad. You don't understand. Yeah, I do. And I don't. I get half of it and I get, I don't get the other half, but I know a guy who gets it all. Jesus gets every single bit of your situation, of your trauma, of your brokenness, of your pain, of your confusion. He gets it all. He was there. He was there with you when it happened. He was there. He's there with you right now. He's saying, hey, I'm right here. I'm right here. I just wish you would stop turning to them and turn to me. Oh, Ben, that's so easy to say and so hard to do. You're right. You're right. It's hard to lean on someone you don't see because you don't fix your eyes on him. Let me help you with that. Open up your Bible. Go anywhere. Not anywhere. Don't go anywhere. That could be bad. Stay out of, thank you, stay out of Leviticus. Stay out of Song of Songs. Like, don't go to Song of Solomon, uh-uh. Her hair is not like a flock of goats. Mm. Don't go there. Go to the Word. Go to where Jesus was. Go to Matthew through John. Go to Acts. Go to Romans. Just go, start with Matthew. I know, don't do this. You should read it from cover to cover. It's pretty interesting. If you're struggling, go find Jesus. Go find Jesus in the Word. Just read something. Maybe you don't get it. Sit there and stop worrying about all your worries and start going, God, I don't understand this scripture. Help me. Or maybe you do understand it, but you want to know more. Okay, Lord, I get it. Can you explain something to me? I love the disciples. They never got anything. Ever. Jesus literally drew them a picture, and they're like, huh? So he told them. And some of them were still like, huh? But God wants to free us from our own captivity. It just takes us moving. How many of you like being lazy? Somebody's in here. 
I know, I know you do. Every now and then it's just good just to sit down and watch a movie and fall asleep. You know? Like it's good. It's good just to sit on the couch and veg and do nothing at all. But God hasn't called us to that. It's good. I said it's good. There's many things in this world that are good. But sometimes God calls us a little bit deeper. Trust me, that's a hard one for me because I like my TV. I got six of them. I do, I do. Come over, you can watch a TV in any room. That's not true. We didn't, we didn't hang one of them. But God is calling on us to live greater. We have a spiritual death and, and a physical death. Jesus died so you could live spiritually for him. You won't ever die spiritually for him if you're living for him, if you choose him. But I guarantee you're going to die, and your body that you know now is going to decay, is going to disappear. It's going to go wandering. Your soul is going to go to heaven. Jesus is going to be like, I got this gift for you. You unwrap it. It's a skin. It's a new skin. You're going to be like, man, Lord, I thought I was good looking then. Now look at me. Because of who Jesus is. In Romans 5, 15, it says, But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. Man, Adam, this is what I said. This is the ammo we could use for our own sin. But it's not ammo. It's not ammo. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ, verse 16. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Come on, somebody should be praising God right there. Because you had a condemnation written all over you. Jesus came in and he washed you clean. You didn't have condemnation to live with. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son, that whoever, I'm messing this up, because so many translations, people, stop messing. You'll have eternal life if you believe in him. Verse 17 says, I did not come to condemn you, for you've already been, been condemned. I came to save you. Jesus came to save you, not condemn you. Because of this right here. Because Adam brought condemnation, Jesus brought salvation. Adam brought condemnation and death, Jesus brought life and peace and grace and mercy and goodness. But we're too, whoa, 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 whoa. I got to live that life for that? Is it, is it worth it? How many of y'all have asked yourself, is it worth it when you go sinning? A lot of us. A lot of us. I mean, really. It's like, oh man, but that 15 seconds feels so good. That 15 seconds feels so good. If we would only live a life of conviction, not being convicted, but living a life of conviction, things might change for us. I'm sorry if you're upset at me. I'm not, but whatever. Verse 17, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who will receive it will live in triumph Everybody say triumph. Over sin. Say it. And death. Come on. Through this one man, Jesus Christ. You're a conqueror. Okay, you can stop. Right? 
You're a conqueror. You, you should be saying, not you're a conqueror, you should be saying, I'm a conqueror. I chose Jesus. I live in conquering life. I live a victorious life, not a victim life. But Ben, you don't know where I've been. I don't care where you've been. Because it's where you're at now. Jesus is calling you to the present day, not to the last couple weeks, not to the lifetime of trauma. He's calling you to the now, right now, the perfect place he has for you now, which is peace, mercy, grace, forgiveness, and everything else good. He's got biscuits of forgiveness for you. If you don't like biscuits, find new food. He, he brought all of this goodness for you, all of it. All of it. Yes, Adam's one sin. Condemnation, right? Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. It's through the power of Jesus you'll find righteousness. Through his power, it's through his life. Verse 19, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. I don't know about you. I'm tired of being a pathetic human being. I'm tired of being pointless. I'm tired of being a victim in my own shoes. I'm tired of walking into situations and going, oh, woe is me. How many of y'all know my dad has cancer? There you go. That's life. Adam's the reason cancer's in his body. Sin is the reason cancer's in his body. It's not my dad's fault, but it is. It's not God's fault, though. He's the Savior. He's the healer. He's the miracle worker. What's that, how's that song go that we sang this morning? Live it. Live it. If that's who he is, carry it. Be it. Be the victorious ones. Be the ones that say, you know what? Sin and death, they conquer us. My dad, someone's going to get cancer in here. Guess what? That's life on this earth. That's not the life we have in heaven. Whether it takes him or he survives it, he's a victor. He has victory. Why? Why do I say that? Because I know he knows Jesus. He lives Jesus. You know, man, my dad is so patient, isn't he? He's crazy. He's crazy patient. Any, how many of y'all are crazy patient? Praise the Lord. No, uh-uh, no. Don't even go there. Don't even, yeah. If you, li- if you live with your kids, you know you're not crazy patient. I love my little son. I only have one. All of you who have more than one, you're my heroes. But I don't want to be like you, okay? Like, my wife will say, Ben, you're, you're patient. There are moments I'm not. But we need to find those moments to be patient. We need to find those moments when sorrow comes over to have joy. We need to find the moments where where tears fill our eyes, but we choose Jesus and joy overwhelms us. The tears might still flow, but we have a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Come on. Jesus is coming to do something new. He wants to break your walls down and crush them and make you feel the pain of his righteousness. Because when the pain's over, the glory shows. When the pain's gone, his, his life reigns. No matter what, 
Whether you die or live, he still lives. Whether you're bleeding or out cold, he still lives. Whether you're sinning or living a righteous life, he still lives, but he wants you to have it. He wants you to have life too. He chose you. He chose you for something. I can't tell you what that is. I'm not that kind of prophet. No laugh, really. But God can tell you what you're called to. Last set of scriptures. Famous last words. I'm almost done. 520 through 21 says this. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Think about that for a second. God gave us laws to show us how sinful we were. So we would know how awful we are. It's not how good you are. It's how bad you can be so God can come and save you. You got to hear that. It's not how good you were that Jesus needed to come. It's how bad we were. That's why Jesus came. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. As you sinned more, God showed up more. As you sin more, as I sin more, as we sin more, God shows up even more with grace. You want to know why he doesn't destroy the world? That's Noah's story. But now he has to show grace. He's not going to conquer the entire world with a flood, with fire, with anything like that. He says that in, in Genesis. He says, I'm not going to destroy the world again. I'm going to show more grace. You got more grace. Why is there so much destruction? Because Jesus has more grace. Satan's the ruler, but Jesus is showing grace. Let me, oh man, I just want to capture you. I feel like Jesus says, I just want to capture you with my love, with my hope, with my grace, and with my peace. You know? You know? Like, don't focus on that. Focus on this. It's okay. God's goodness wants to overcome everything bad in your life. Stop dwelling on the bad. Stop dwelling on the curses. Stop dwelling on the... Start dwelling on him. Like, literally live a victorious life. And when you're living a victorious life, the constant thought is, Jesus, you are so good. Man, my best friend, I've told you about this. My best friend died. I did not think, God, why would you take him? I said, God, thank you for letting me know him. Thank you for letting me know him. All your friends that have died, Lord, I'm not going to blame you for taking him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank you for letting me know him. For every trauma in your life, Lord, thank you for letting me go through this. For every anxious moment in your life, Lord, thank you for letting me go through this because it's a teaching moment. John T. Maxwell says this uh, Friday. He said, a man who does this all the time. It's like getting under a table, right? If I got under this piano right here and I stood up and I hit it, that would hurt, right? If I did it again, it'd hurt again, right? You got to learn. Stop hitting the piano. Stop hitting the table. When you stand, get out of the table's way. Stop hitting your head. It's like me walking into that, that laundry room over there. I hit my head almost every time. There's this, there's this duck work. It's right, it's right here, right below my eyes. Jesus has a call and a purpose specifically does, designed for us to learn not to hit our heads anymore. Start praising God in the moments that suck. 
start praising him. So just as sin ruled over the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. Really? Okay. So just as sin ruled over all the people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. Giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Come on up, man. We are called to victory. You and I, we're called into this lifestyle that says, you know what, all the bad crap has happened and it's painful. There is a season for that. But seasons move on. I want, to, I want you to hear this. The Bible also talks about how there was a season for sorrow and a season for sadness and a season for joy and a season, guess what, it, it moves and it goes. Just like fall turns to winter and winter turns to spring and spring turns to summer. There are seasons in our life and they're about to escape. They're about to move. They're about to be pushed out of the way because you choose in those sorrowful moments to go, Lord, I thank you for this because you're designing something in me. For those moments that are tough, I thank you for this because you're creating something new in me. For those moments that suck, Lord, thank you for every single little bit of this because there's something creating here. Something's boiling up. Something's boiling over. I'm about ready to shout out because Jesus got something new going on in West Des Moines Open Bible. He's going to do something new in West Des Moines. He's going to do something new in Clive. He's going to do something new in Urbandale. And uh, Des Moines and East Des Moines and things are going to start spreading like wildfire because not of who I am but because of who he is in you stop being the victim stop letting your situations rule you because when you spread those lies when you spread that unhealth you're going to kill the plants around you what plants got to do with this you're going to kill the people around you they aren't going to want to spend time with you. They aren't going to be around you. They're not going to want to see you. No one's going to want to hang out with you. And when no one wants to hang out with you, how good are you? When you're just spewing hate or your problems or mental illness, instead lift, lift people up, encourage them, direct them to the Savior, tell them positive things, like, God is so good. He loves you with all his might. He has so much grace that even you, yeah, even you can know him. He desires to wrap his arms around you. You didn't have a dad, but this dad doesn't leave you. He's never left you. It might felt, you didn't see him. You didn't see him, but he was working in you. Daddy, daddy's got you wrapped up. My dad's good. I love my dad. He's awesome, but he sucks, man. Compared to the Jesus I know, I, can I pick on you? Jared, your dad good? Jesus better? You raised him right. Jesus has got your back. The Lord loves you, he cares about you, and he wants you to live a conqueror's life in victory, not in victimhood. You are not a failure, you're a success. Stop putting your failure and success away from each other and start learning from them and make success happen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for directing us here. Lord, I pray anyone who caught that message, Lord, I pray for strength. I pray for remembering that you, you came to save us from all our sin, all our situations, all our crap. And that, Lord, it's not gonna be easy. We're gonna have to walk through it. But Lord, you've designed us 
and you said you are perfectly made to walk through this season, it will end. It will end and a new one will begin. Look to me, give it to me. Lord, I pray that that would be our prayer this week. Lord, I pray that we would, we would be overcomers, that we would find wholeness, that we'd find righteousness, that we'd find peace, and that nothing gets us down. Because, Lord, you are the victory in my victory. You are the, the victor in my life. And, Lord, I'm a conqueror because you've designed me that. Lord, strengthen us this morning. Love us and just be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let's worship.